You are listening to Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks, the podcast. This is series number four, episode number six for Bastille Day, Friday, the 14 juillet, or July 14th of 2023. It's JJ Sefton, and I'm joined uh, by my good friend and colleague and co-blogger, the uh, eminent and wonderful CBD. CBD, good morning. How are you, sir? Oh, it's just a lovely morning here. We, we had uh, about a half an hour of torrential rain with thunder and lightning, which is always fun. And now it's blue sky. So, uh, you know, the joke about New England is that uh, if you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes. Well, I'm right next to New England. So I guess that uh, that applies here as well. But I'm also very, very pleased that our uh, president is becoming more and more consistent in his senility. The you know, it used to be uh, he, he could keep it together for a little while, but now it, it seems like he's just jabbering like a fool at every opportunity. I heard a, a little clip on uh, Twitter of him speaking at uh, one of the NATO conferences, and I had no fucking idea what the hell he was saying. It was nonsense. It was nonsensical. The man is l- rapidly losing whatever cognitive skills he had. And now he's just a he, it's just a sad, sad joke. Other heads of state have to take care of him, you know, hold his arm and guide him in the appropriate direction. Otherwise, he'll wander around like a fool. The, uh, the next step, of course, is that they're going to pull a Wilson and have his wife do everything. So anyway, that's my opening for the day right it seems that that is kind of what is happening because i was going to say uh, you know kamala kamalot or whatever the heck her name is harris chlamydia chlamydia harris is actually, the full name. she's like she's naturally chlamydia harris she is naturally stupid i mean joe biden has the excuse of being an idiot and, and you know and having dementia she's made some sort of crazy speech where it was you know, she made she makes Chauncey Gardner sound absolutely, uh, you know, lucid and intelligent about AI or something. She said AI begins with two letters, artificial and intelligence, or something like that. And you've got to you've got to think who who is writing her speeches for her because that's number one. I mean, it's just that's an embarrassment. But she, if they do Twenty Fifth Amendment, Biden, I guess yeah, it'll be a power struggle, I suppose, between well, who knows who it'll be? It'll be between Doctor Jill or Kabbalah as vice president. She'll be the official head of state, but all. Also, the people pulling the strings in Calorama. I mean, so who's, you know, who's got the football? And, uh, you know, speaking of footballs, what's going on? You know, Joe Biden the other day declared mission accomplished in Ukraine and that uh, Putin failed and so on and so forth. All well and good, I suppose, considering he's been there for a year and a half and still controls 20 percent of the country. And no, and he's not being dislodged despite what's going on militarily with him. But at the same token, two seconds later, he announces that he's sending 3000 National Guard troops uh, to Eastern Europe, which is basically you are literally you're not you're not just poking the bear. You know, you're you're shoving a frickin, uh, you know, cattle prod in its eyeball and daring him to do something. We are escalating this thing so dangerously that it is just beyond belief. I would suppose like you're wagging the dog to distract from the disaster that's going on at home. But CBD, you and I seem to be of the of the mind that 2024, as as far as election integrity is certainly shaping up to be as bad has 2020. So what does he even need to wag the dog for? You're just sort of tempting either Putin or some other crazy underling to do something that is really going to be very, very regrettable, as in uh, the the nuclear button. Very dangerous. I I, I think, you know, it's very interesting that that you say that. I I actually don't think that they're wagging the dog. I happen to agree with you. There's no reason for them to do that. Um, I think they're in a reasonably good position um, in the 2024 election simply because of the cheat, not because of any wonderful policies that uh, that Biden has furthered or or actually 
I'm, he, he's done nothing good in the last two and a half years. But, you know, I was thinking about that. Why are these people running gleefully toward war? Um, and one of the things that I can think of that I have thought about is that we do not have warriors in our government anymore. Uh, we do not have men who've seen combat. Very, very few of our legislators have seen combat. Uh, I can't think of anybody in the, in the administration who has seen combat. Um, you know, if you can criticize many of our former administrations for many, many things, but a lot of them understood that in war, people die and a lot of them can die. Truman, is, I think, is a good example of that. He He made the call to drop the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but he understood what was going to happen. Ignoring his his possible crookedness and and his you know he was a machine politician, but he made the decision based on his experience and understanding of of the the nature of war. I see Biden and the Colorado kids just giggling about this and thinking, oh, you know, we can use our our cool toys and our friends in the defense industries will make a ton of money and we'll get some of that. But they don't understand that you know the farm boys from Kansas are going to be dying and probably a lot more people uh, throughout Eastern Europe if if they really do decide to pull the trigger on this. You know, I hate to say it. You, you just mentioned the farm boys in Kansas and, uh, you know, the, the whoever left is left in the military ranks that that is not a transsexual or a transvestite. Oh, I, I apologize. The farm girls from Kansas. Yeah, well, I know. But what I'm saying is it's that I think they just want to what whoever they want to sort of uh, that they can't get rid of in the ranks, uh, either by mustering them out or doing whatever they can do with all these crazy woke policies and the uh, the abandonment of meritocracy and achievement. They literally could care less if uh, people from from red states who vote for Trump and can't stand their policies get killed. This is I think that they're cheer, they would cheer that on gleefully. It's as sick as that sounds. I, they have they have no problems. Look, look what their reaction was with the East Palestine uh, train wreck disaster. They could care less what happens to anybody that does not go along with their insane schemes and does not follow them. But this you, you are right. It makes no sense. And as far as people not seeing combat. Yeah, I don't know if. Mark Milley ever, Milley Vanilli or, or, or whoever, or Lloyd Austin, or any of these people ever saw combat. There was an article today, actually, that, that I had in the, in the morning report about, the, and I hate this expression, like 21 experts, 21 national security experts agree that we should be supporting and arming Ukraine to the hilt. And it turns out that all these experts have stock in all the, uh, the military industrial and com- industrial complex uh, companies like, you know, what a Asia, shock, what a, what a shock. shock. I know. And one of them is this guy, you know, who really is an execrable fiend, uh, Wesley Clark, who is, a, a, despite being in uniform and being a general at one, po- one point, uh, is a real dyed-in-the-wool leftist and deep stater. I think he was in combat somewhere, so he should know what is at stake here. And again, I just think he's a bloodthirsty fiend that doesn't care uh, one whit. And they're just, whatever they're doing this to cover up, maybe they're covering up the, you know, the whole Burisma thing and they're covering up their grift in Eastern Europe and just, again, they have to just thump their chest to, to prove that they're macho or something. And it just, it's just dangerous beyond belief. I can't even put it into words how, how absolutely messed up the world is right now and, and, and probably as dangerous a situation as any time in the last hundred odd years between August of 1914 and September of 1938 or 39. This is crazy. We are seeing the end of an era, the end of a, of a, the fin du siècle, as they say in French. And the American century is is, whether we like it or not, is coming to an end. And whether we want it to be the world's policeman, which I hate that expression, or just the fact that our presence and our power and our willingness to sometimes 
you know, use it or to threaten to use it, uh, the, the wars of uh, for profit notwithstanding of the last 20 or so years, it kept the peace for 75 years, generally. Well, that's, and, and that's what's most frustrating about what's going on right now, and that is that, you know, we, we have this uh, probably not very important organization, although very expensive, called NATO. It was originally constructed to push back against the, the Soviet threat. The Soviet threat is no more. Squawk all you want about the Russian military, but they are a regional power with nuclear weapons. That's the only difference. The thing is that we have been pushing the Russians for years and years and years. We've been pushing NATO to the east for no reason at all. And we keep saying, you know, more and more people, you know, come, come to NATO, come to NATO. And what they're doing is surrounding Russia. And the Russian response is rational. They don't want yeah. NATO on their borders. And that makes perfect sense. Whether it's good for the country, bad for the country, I don't know. But we are pushing Russia into a corner and look what happened. And again, I don't give a shit about Ukraine. I don't give a shit about Russia. If Russia takes all of Ukraine, that's okay because it's a kleptocracy. They do nothing good for America. And again, I've said this a hundred times. The idea that Russia is going to skip from Ukraine you know, into Poland and, you know, and, and stop at the channel is just insane. It's not going to happen. They don't want to do that. They don't have the capacity to do that. But what they do have the capacity to do is learn from their mistakes. And let's face it, they went into, into Ukraine, assuming they would be a much more successful army. They weren't, they failed, but they're getting better. And they have the leisure time that we do not have. Again, why we are pushing this, why we are Fanning the fl the flames in Eastern Europe is simply beyond me. And it doesn't make sense. I mean, yes, we talked about wagging a dog doesn't make sense since they're going to probably probably likely have the ability to steal the election again if and probably will do it. I hate to say it, but it's the writing is on the wall. Covering up Biden's grifts and the Hunter Biden grift and Burisma and all that. Why even do that? Because what's going to happen? Who's going to indict Joe Biden? Who's going to impeach Joe Biden? And so on and so forth. It's not going to happen, as we've seen with uh, the, the testimony of Christopher Ray, who just gets up there and smirks and, and guffaws. And, and no, there is no repercussion against this. So why are they doing this? It makes no sense. And just to backtrack a little bit. Yeah, we can blame Joe Biden and the ineptitude of his administration. But all of this with Russia started many, many years ago. It's the fault of, again, it's an inept and, and incompetent foggy bottom that runs the State Department and several administrations going back uh, to the Clintons. When Clinton guaranteed the Ukrainians that their territorial integrity, that if they gave up the nuclear weapons that the Soviets left behind, that's number one. Along with that, they guaranteed to the Russians at the time, I don't know if Putin was the uh, pre president at that time or whatever, maybe it was, it might have been Yeltsin or whoever. They said, we guarantee you, we promise you, we will not expand NATO to the east. And we wound up screwing these people and laughing in their face. And it goes back to the end of the Cold War. Instead of trying to embrace the nascent Russian nation, the Russian Federation, and westernize them and bring them into our sphere and our way of thinking, we gloated that we won the Cold Water, cold, the Cold War, the Cold, the Cold War, that I, I guess that's a spoonerism of Goldwater. <laughs> we won, we won the Cold War and basically we're gloating that we won it and you didn't and to hell with you. And we alienated them ever since. And that has been a colossal, colossal mistake for so many reasons, because all that did was, you know, make the Russians pissed at us and suspicious of us. And then number two, it brought them closer into the sphere of the red Chinese. All of this was avoidable, but for the ineptitude and incompetence and the completely out of phase of reality worldview 
of uh, the deep state, uh, the State Department apparatchiks and several administrations. Joe Biden just caught the tail end of it now and is is doing this for for whatever reasons he and his controllers see fit. So this is just blundering and that goes back decades. The good thing is that it is happening relatively slowly because the, the Russians are content to you know, slog along in their 20% of Ukraine. My guess is they're trying to consolidate and then, who knows, in a year or two, they'll sue for, for some sort of agreement and uh, Ukraine will have no choice unless we, we put boots on the ground. And, and the idea that American soldiers are going to die for Ukrainian soil is fucking insane. Let's not pretend there is no strategic value to Ukraine. Go back to 1989 and Ukraine was part of, uh, of the Soviet Union. So w- what has changed? Um, the, you know, the, the, the freedom of Eastern Europe? Bullshit. Ukraine isn't free. It's, a, it's, it's the most corrupt country in Europe. Why, why do we speak about the, you know, the glorious freedom of Ukraine? Well, I'm sorry. I don't give a shit about the glorious freedom of, of Ukraine. I simply don't care. What I do care about is that Kansas farm boy who's going to get his head blown off in a nasty little ground war in Ukraine. It's simply not necessary. There is no strategic value. And, you know, absent a strategic value, what do you look at next? Money. Well, uh, you know, th- the idea that these people are pushing a war simply to make money is vile beyond belief. But uh, Occam says, you know, that the simplest answer is usually the best answer. And that answer is money. That is truly evil beyond beyond words, just to just to wage to wage pointless war just to make money. It's amazing how. And again, I marvel at this. I've said this many times over the past several podcasts. It's amazing how the things that come out of our minds and out of our mouths and the thoughts that we're that we're verbalizing here are some of the bear very, very striking resemblance. And, you know, if they're not the exact same, they they sure do rhyme with a lot of the words of the leftists over the years about being anti-war and, you know, no blood for oil, or I guess in this case, no blood for borscht or whatever the heck it is. Yeah. What does Ukraine produce besides uh, corruption? uh, Beautiful women, uh, borscht and and, uh, corruption. Lots and lots of wheat. wheat. It's the right. It's the was the yes. breadbasket of the Soviet Union for a of long the time. world, really. World, yeah. a lot of it. Europe, but I mean, that's really the meat of it. It's it's just absolute greed and willing to send people into a grave just just to see their bottom lines and their stock portfolios go up. Yeah, maybe to cover up the grift, but I mean, everybody knows what the grift is, but nobody's doing anything about it or they just don't care about it. You know, on a tactical level, okay, so you're going to send our troops in there, but we're painfully short of uh, ammunition, of proper ammunition, of supplies. You know, I don't know how it it, it redounds onto the army or the uh, ground forces, but there was a report that said like 40% of our submarine fleet is now non-operational and it's in, in for repairs. So you can imagine, I guess, that maybe how that reflects on, you know, our ground forces, our tanks, our trucks, our airplanes, and so on and so forth. We are ill-prepared both in terms of materiel and in morale to fight any kind of a war. And then now we're going to get bogged down in, in, in Ukraine, God forbid. Well, what is that? That's just a green light for the Chinese to cross the Taiwan Straits and seize Taiwan or try to do it anyway. And then what are we going to do? Because we are not in a position to, 
you know, to defend Taiwan. And that's a whole other issue if, if people think we should defend them or not defend them. You could argue that there is or is not a strategic interest with the Taiwanese, but I would venture to say if you want to put it on a scale, it's probably a hell of a lot more than Ukraine uh, to defend Taiwan. Is in, that is in our interest than to defend uh, some Eastern European kleptocracy. We're just not in a position to do anything. And a lot of this is intentional. And this goes back to Barack Obama, who basically he did what Stalin did with his military before World War II. He basically purged it of anybody that he thought could be a threat to him as he did his fundamental transformation of America from uh, the greatest nation on earth into uh, some sort of a socialist hellhole. And uh, he succeeded. He has basically virtually destroyed our military in terms of its capabilities and uh, both uh, logistically and in morale and spiritually and so on and so forth. Well, it's also the destruction of our industrial base that has happened over the last 40 or 50 years. Probably the main reason why we were able to, to win in World War II was our unbelievable industrial capacity. You know, we turned car, automobile manufacturing plants into, into building B-29s and B-17s, you know, in a month. And they were pumping out hundreds of planes a month, hundreds of tanks a month, thousands of tanks a month. We built thousands and thousands of ships over the, the four and a half years of World War II. An unbelievable number. We were pumping out uh, Liberty ships, uh, and I forgot the other uh, class, one a week, something like that, or two or two a week. Unbelievable stuff. And you know, tens of thousands of artillery pieces and, and trucks and you name it, we could build it. And we could build it faster and better and cheaper than anybody else on the planet. Well, that's ended. Uh, how, many, how many production lines do we have for, for much of this these technologically marvelous machines that we use to wage war uh there, there's one plant that builds our tanks uh one plant that builds the um uh, what's what's our newest uh fighter the, F- the f-35 which has yeah, a lot of and, and and what yeah. is it it needs six hours of maintenance for every one hour of flight some ridiculous number the you know the the industrial capacity of the united states number one is a thing of the past and number two can't be brought to bear because every single piece of of the the as I said technologically marvelous tool you know weapons of war takes forever to build so restocking is is not simply shifting a plant from making uh, F-150s uh, to to the to the M1 Abrams it simply does not happen that way and right. we are in big big trouble right now let's let's say that we solve the issue of, of Ukraine. We aren't going to solve anything, but let's say Putin decides to to do something to calm it down. Well, that won't matter because if China rears its ugly head, what are we going to be able to do about them? Very, very little. We have depleted our stocks in a meaningless war for a meaningless country. And now we are screwed probably for years and years. There's another giant transsexual elephant in the room, if I may, is the competence of uh, American workers and of American business because of diversity, equity, inclusion, or IE, if you want to make it DIE, in the boardrooms. We are not hiring people who are capable of designing things, capable of engineering things, and have the have what it takes to do that from an academic basis because we're hiring people who are instead who are black, who are women, who are transsexual over competency. And plus the fact that we're now teaching woke math in the schools and so on and so forth. We are literally lobotomizing ourselves and cutting our limbs off 
and and committing suicide, slow, slow suicide, but as they say, slowly at first, then all of, all at once. So where is the brain power to design these new weapon systems? Where is the brain power to design even the ability um, to figure out the logistics of putting up a new factory to to build things that can be you know mass produced very quickly? We're committing suicide. Uh, the, the the brain drain, the, the literal self-lobotomization of the American worker and of the American citizen, uh, starting from kindergarten all the way through postgraduate, is what really is going to kill us in the end. Uh, the logistical nightmare of not having the stocks or having them depleted and not having the factories, that's just a, uh, I think that's a, that's a major symptom of it. But if you dig a little bit deeper, oh boy, we are in serious trouble. You know, I, I've talked at length about uh, my desire for nuclear power to um, to be resurgent in the United States. I think it's our only answer. It takes us off the world market for oil, even though we can produce enough for our own, for our current use. But it would assuage the worries of pretty much everybody on the, the wrong side of the climate debate. But the problem, of course, is what you just mentioned. Do we have the industrial capacity and the engineering capacity to design and build a couple of hundred nuclear power plants in the United States? And unfortunately, as much as I would like to say, yes, of course, you know, we are the you know, American exceptionalism will take care of everything. No, I think that you are at least partially correct when you say that we are in big trouble. And it's as you say, it's not just our military might that is that is going to be called into question when we can't replace our stocks with a non-existent industrial base. It is everything else. And that does not bode well for the future of America. Well, just just as an, as an aside, and it's somewhat, I guess it's tangentially related, from what I understand, I believe 95% of all of our over-the-counter medications and many of our pharmaceuticals are produced, guess where? In red China. Yeah. Uh, you know, that not good. Uh, a lot of these these materials that we need, you know, we, you, CBD, have mentioned the schizophrenic reaction of, of the Biden hunt to, to China, both as bending over and then also uh, give, showing them the, the carrot and showing them the stick in terms of uh, the chip manufacturing and other things. China controls a lot of these uh, raw materials that are needed for for both solar panels, if you want to go down that route, but also for computer chips. And without that stuff, we can't we can't produce this. We we shipped everything offshore to them and just just to in the pursuit of a, you know, of a buck. I mean, partly it's, you know, yes, the government's onerous regulations and and bureaucracies that make uh, make having businesses almost impossible or difficult. And then the other part is the greed of, of corporate America and not giving a damn about the American worker and saying to hell with it. Why don't we just get slave labor in China to produce everything we need and we'll just ship it here and, and pocket the rest. So all of these things together are symptomatic of an America that is is nosediving. I can't see us pulling out of this. Certainly, unless we start winning elections or being able to overcome the fraud in elections, and not just with the typical assholes like a Chris Christie, God, God forbid, or a Mitt Romney or whomever, but you know, a Trump, a DeSantis, uh, you know, a, a General George S. Patton, uh, a Ronald Reagan, a somebody who is going to say enough of this garbage. You know, we need an entire political party like that, an entire political movement that will both bring America back in that sense and also defeat the enemies at home, who are probably our greatest enemies that we have you know, anywhere. It's the, the American or the anti-American left who will do everything to aid and abet uh, our destruction. Well, how about a Spence Christie uh, ticket for 2024? I think that would that would draw oh a solid two maybe three votes in the electoral college so oh have Asa yeah. Hutchinson and uh, you know whatever
So moving on to an even cheerier uh, topic, and, and we're, we're speaking about the destruction of American competence, and it is on full display uh, in this uh, fake cocaine investigation. Um, oh. The idea that the Secret Service and the FBI can't figure out who the hell brought cocaine into the White House is ridiculous. Are they that incompetent? Possibly. I mean, it's it is actually entirely possible that they're that they stink so badly at their jobs that they can't figure it out. Uh, I'm suspicious of that. It's certainly possible. But the the more, as I said, Occam says that they know exactly who did it and they don't want to talk about it. Um, And I think that most of America realizes that uh, it was somebody highly placed in the administration, very possibly one of the family members. These are people who are not searched when they come into the White House. But the idea that some schlub off the street can sneak a a baggie of cocaine into the White House and not get caught is ridiculous. Because what if that baggie were not cocaine? What if it were uh, ricin or some potent, uh, some other potent poison? Are they truly admitting that they cannot stop that sort of thing? Well, possibly. There is no winning scenario in this. But again, it's like what I said earlier is that in essence, they they just don't give a shit because at this point, they're just whatever their incompetence or whatever they're doing, their criminality and all of these things that's coming to the fore, regardless of the, uh, you know, the the dramatic speeches of people like Jim Jordan or whoever in the House or or Rand Paul in the Senate. It makes no difference because they know that they are untouchable. This is an untouchable class. Uh, as George Carlin said, it's a big club and they're in it and you're not. And they don't give a shit because they will not suffer any repercussions. So now it's not even a question of just getting caught and being sheepish about it. They're doing it and they're rubbing our faces in it. They're, they're rubbing, <laughs> no pun intended, they're rubbing our noses in the bag of cocaine. I mean, this was not even just the White House itself. Just getting into the public areas when you go on a tour is one thing. And that's bad enough. I'm sure you are you are examined nine ways to Sunday to, to, to even set foot in, you know, through, through the Iron Gate on Pennsylvania Avenue. But to go into some of the most secure areas like the supposed West Wing Library or something, where how many people really have access to that? Maybe it's a dozen or so or a few dozen. And you know who these people are. It's no mystery. Same thing with the the, uh, the the so-called leaker of the Roe versus Wade decision way, way back last year. And they conducted, well, we, we don't know who it was. Of course, you know, who it was it was either one of the friggin justices who was like, really against it or it was one of their underlings. There is no you know, that, that's what it is. They know exactly what's going on. But to but to portray this incompetence, whether or not they give a damn about it because they don't give a damn about it because they're the ones that are in power. Uh, the message that it sends to our enemies uh, abroad is not uh, is not a good one. Same as, you know, Joe Biden going over to one of the beef eaters and sniffing his hat. They just don't care. Or, you know, part of it is when you talk about China, all of these we're in bed with them. They're, Chinese are in this country and, and too many of our politicians forget, you know, Eric Swalwell or, you know, even Elaine Chow. It's everywhere. They don't care. Joe Biden is in bed with the red Chinese. And he's. Yeah, he's, that's, he's, the, that's, that's the most frustrating people. part is that they, they simply don't care. What they're saying is that, yeah, we're just going to lie to you and there's nothing you can do about it. So who was it uh, in Duck Soup? Chico Marx. I don't remember his character, but he said, well, you know, who are you going to believe me or your own eyes? Well, that's what they're saying to us. Exactly. And it, it's it's patently offensive. But as you say, there isn't much we can do about it. So speaking about other enemies, there was a, a YMCA in Illinois, a 16 year old girl on the, the YMCA swim team. Uh, spoke to her coach 
about a transgender male using the same locker room as the other as the women. And instead of the coach, you know, being understanding, this is Illinois after all, he chewed the young lady out. Her name is Abigail Wheeler and she her coach's name is Alex Totura. And if anybody knows Alex Totura, he needs a punch in the nose. I'm not suggesting that you do that, but I think that he is exactly the kind of man who needs to well, get punched in the nose. Anyway, yeah, so the, you know, the parents got upset. They escalated it to the chief executive officer of the of the Y, and they just did not respond appropriately. She was kicked off the swim team, and it's absolutely insane. Uh, luckily, Riley Gaines is on the case, so hopefully this will be remedied. But the idea that this is truly flyover country, and this shit is is going on every single day, and until it stops, until the insanity that is gripping America ends, we are going to continue failing as a country. There is really only one way to end it, and it's uh, is if we ourselves end it. And again, I am not promoting uh, anything of a violent nature or any other nature, but at a certain point, you know, look, I got to call a spade a spade, so to speak. And we talked about this with uh, the whole transsexual issue really igniting the anger of a generally sleeping or unaware populace. When you come after our children, there will be a reaction. How far you do you do this or what you do or how far the reaction goes is anyone's guess. As we mentioned, it was the of all the communities that this happened to up in Hamtramck, Michigan, which is like 90 percent is basically it's a Muslim, totally a Muslim enclave within America. But they do not cotton well to the homosexualization and the, the, the sexualization of their children. They, it is against their religion, whatever one feels about Islam. It's against their religion. And they, they said, no, you will not do this. Should teach this to our children unless and until there is an equal reaction like this in the rest of America and Judeo-Christian America. It's going to go on. Uh, unfortunately, these people have the power of the state behind them to impose their will on us. And it is obvious that the that the state and the junta, as it is, wants to impose this on us as a means of, you know, forget about constituencies and forget about human rights and civil rights and all that crock of shit. They're doing this to, to break up uh, society and to, to, for societal disillusion so that they can consolidate their power. It's, a, it's part of the Marxist playbook, and they have, they're shamelessly, uh, you know, they, they have no, no qualms about, about instituting that. And that's what, that's what this is all about. So, again, it's breaking up the power of the state or somehow being able to organize at such a level that you can confront the power of the state and force them to back down, uh, hopefully peacefully as uh, happened perhaps in uh, in the Philippines with uh, Corazon Aquino and uh, in, in India with uh, Mr. Gandhi and so on and so forth. If, if it's going to have to come to that, it's going to have to come to that. And hopefully this, the only- thing is that this that we have seen these spasms of, of a grassroots rebellion against this sort of stuff. But uh, what, what surprises me, I mean, this is Springfield, Illinois, which is in the central part of Illinois. Admittedly, it's the capital of Illinois. So I'm sure there is a, uh, a huge yeah. contingent of woke lunatics. But. I mean, what what happened to the parents of everybody else on that swim team? Did they not think that perhaps it's appropriate to support this young lady? And what about her parents? What about her father? What about her uncles? As I said, somebody should have punched that coach in the nose, said, you know something? This is unacceptable. You let a man into my daughter's or my niece's locker room and and you criticize her for being alarmed and, and probably terrified. That's absolutely obscene. And that's not American. And until we return to what is truly American, we are going to continue to have these scenes you know, played out 
everywhere in the country. But we have to react. And and what is really sad is that the as you're mentioning the Hamtramck, Michigan, the, the Muslim contingent decided they weren't going to put up with it. And yet I don't see a national campaign to change that, because if there's one thing that we're more afraid of in America, it's uh, than uh, the transgender mafia. It's the Muslims. That's, this is very true. Uh, just to circle back here to, to you know why the parents didn't do anything. It's not just the, the transgender mafia like Antifa, like BLM and all these other pseudo nod and a wink terrorist, unofficial official terrorist organizations of the junta are backed by the junta. And that's the problem. I mean, maybe these parents saw what happened to, you know, in an unrelated incident, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse and saw what happened to Daniel Penny in, in Manhattan uh, on the subway train. What happens if somebody does punch this guy in the nose and legitimately, you know, perhaps this kid or whatever. Try, and this is what happened in Virginia. And this is what led to the the uh, the, the election of Glenn Youngkin and Winsome Sears was that uh, there was a, an incident, a rape that happened in, uh, in Loudoun County in one of the schools. And the parents stood up for this and said, no, we are not going to we're not going to take it anymore. And they they managed in a, in a pretty solid or dangerously uh, close to, to blue enclave. They ousted and prevented uh, Terry McAuliffe from winning. So, but it's a fear. It's because the powers that be like Christopher Ray, they know they are untouchable. And if you go against them, whether it's a, you know, a January 6th protest or protesting some boy in a girl's you know, uh, locker room, they're going to come down hard on you because the power it's, it is now a totalitarian state that wants to enforce its will on you. And, I think people understand this. And until enough people can say, you know, to hell with this, like what happened in the South during the early civil rights movement when they were going against the uh, surprise, surprise, the Dixiecrats, the Democrats back there, when they have to have the bravery to have your church burned down or to be, um, you know, to be lynched and so on and so forth. It's not going to end and it's not going to stop. If we continue to cower to this, it's only going to get worse. And believe me, I am not itching for war, a civil war. I am not itching for, you know, saying that you should punch somebody in, in the face. And I'm not advocating that. But at a certain point, there has to be some kind of a pushback. And we obviously there are fits and starts. There are things that are happening in the state legislatures, in city governments, in some places. But, uh, you know, government is just there has to be a grassroots social civil movement of people who just say we have had enough of this. Because as we said, elections are becoming less and less meaningful, if not totally meaningless. And these people are now invading. They're not just in the blue uh, areas of uh, dominance, like, uh, you know, the, the cities and the coasts and so on and so forth. They're moving like uh, cockroaches into the red areas and they, they are taking over places that we never thought possible, like in, you know, in Texas and in Kansas and in Montana and so on and so forth. And they are really creating a stink with this. And unless... Uh, there was some sort of a clapback against this. Uh, it's 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 only going to get worse. And even if there is, again, it only illustrates the fact that we are, you know, one landmass and two very very divided uh, peoples uh, living under living under one state. There's not going to be a two-state solution. Or if there is a two-state solution, uh, you know, something's got to give. It's got to be us or them because uh, we can no we can no longer live side by side with with the left because we we literally have almost nothing in common with them at all. Period. So. So you say that, that that you're not advocating violence, and I and and up to a point I agree with you, but um, yeah. there there are certain situations in which violence is appropriate, and a man walking into into the ladies' locker room at the YMCA requires violence, and unfortunately, as you say, uh, elections are becoming less and less important, exactly because our 
pol our political class has run from any kind of of response to this to the, this sort of behavior. You know, there are a few people who who are doing the right thing. DeSantis absolutely is doing the right thing. There are a few other governors around, but for the most part, our political class has become even more cowardly. So it has to be a grassroots response. And how does one initiate a, a grassroots response when even your local politicians are so risk averse that they are willing to accept any kind of antisocial behavior on the altar of, you know, 15 votes out of 5,000 in, in some small city. That's insane. But as I said, they, these are, for the most part, cowardly politicians who are willing to do anything to remain in power. So, you know, that punch in the nose might be the only thing that will save America. Let me clarify. It's not that I that I don't advocate violence. I, sorry, I echo your sentiment that I do advocate it under you know, under under the extreme conditions. The problem is, as I said, is that the criminal justice system is and that's exactly what it is. It is uh, geared toward giving justice to the criminals and not to the victims uh, as a means of, uh, of uh, yet another way of imposing political power and their political will on the people who oppose them, which is basically, you know, the majority of, of the citizenry of this country who just a want to be left alone and just want to lead normal lives and you know, safe and safely and securely. You know, I'm thinking about it. There has to be some sort of a some sort of a leader, you want to call it political, I guess you can call it political, but there has to be a Martin Luther King Jr., a Mahatma Gandhi, a somebody who steps forward, who can somehow galvanize enough people to sort of take some kind of a grassroots action that, that puts an end to this. I mean, we've talked about national strikes. We've talked about, uh, you know, these kind of things. But yes, you know, something, that, but you're 100 percent correct. But the problem is that the one man who can do that has, I think, lost his fucking mind. And that is Donald Trump. Um, oh what he should, he, he could have been the, you know, the, the, the guide for the, for a resurgent Republican slash conservative party for the next 15 years. He could have molded it in his image. He could have created uh, what is, I think, an unstoppable wave to push against the, the woke nonsense, the woke insanity, and the, the Democrat slash socialist lunatics who are becoming more and more powerful in this country. But he chose his ego over the needs of this country, which is understandable, but it diminishes him as a man. What he should have done, and this is a pipe dream on my part, I realize that, but what he should have done is announced a year, year and a half ago that he truly believes that he is probably too old to faithfully execute the office of the presidency that instead he is going to yeah, you know choose a successor and obviously that would have been DeSantis because he he was you know the second in most polls and he could have guided that movement and i think it would have been unstoppable even i think it would have beaten the cheat but once again he he has he is so fixated on his ego and so fixated on revenge for the steal of 2020 that he is going to injure America. And as we just spoke about a little while ago, you know, neither of us think that there's much chance for a Republican to win in 2024. And Donald Trump has a lot to do with that. You know, I can't necessarily disagree with you in one in one in one sense. I will take Mr. Trump's defense in that I don't even think he realized how absolutely corrupt Washington, D.C. was. I think 
like most of us, even he, even we saw, you know, we thought that, you know, as bad as things are, they're never going to steal. An, they're just never going to steal an election like they stole it. Yeah, there's always shenanigans. And we know historically crap that goes on in you know local districts and so on and so forth. But again, it's kind of schizophrenic. I mean, we're saying that we're screwed no matter what. And even I mean, I don't know that Donald Trump even could have had he not, you know, made all the mistakes that he made and letting his ego get in the way, so on and so forth. I don't even think he could have done anything, even if he stepped out of the way and anointed Ron DeSantis or whoever to be his chosen successor. I think there's I think that the powers that be are, are now so consolidated and so and too powerful that I really don't think that anything can really be done from from an election electoral standpoint. I hate to say that. I I mean, believe me, I'm going to be going into the polls. Maybe I'm an idiot and voting whoever of, of the person is. I'm barring, of course, if it's Chris Christie, then I don't give a shit and let let the whole freaking shit house go up in flames. But I'll um, vote. I will vote against Chris Christie. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's, there's RFK, zero baby, possibility of him getting the nomination. Right. Uh, so. I mean. It's funny that now all of a sudden the, the, it's even with all the cheat going on. Why are they freaking out when uh, when Cornell West and uh, and RFK Jr. are entering the race, or even Joe Manchin uh, announcing possible third party uh, third party runs? I mean, can they not? Uh, maybe their cheat mechanism isn't so great to overcome that. But hell, if they can get rid of Bernie Sanders a couple of times, surely they can get rid of uh, get rid of these guys. But yeah, we Man- need, Manchin's yeah. just a scam. He needs the money. Yeah, um, yeah and, exactly. you know he's he knows he knows that he's a dead man walking. Um, in his home state. So uh, he's he's going to he's going to get a few million bucks in donations and uh, retire on a on a nice lake somewhere. Exactly. But we need some kind of a movement. America needs if we survive America, we, we need to go into the next the next era, whatever that is. I don't know. And I've, I've said this and it, it pains me to say this, that, you know, if, if God forbid we do defeat the left and are able to defeat them. I don't think that a constitution is going to is going to cut the mustard as it was written, because it can't guarantee that, you know, we have to give we have to treat the idiots who, who almost who destroyed the country in the first place as equals and give them a shot to do it all over again. So it's just it's a damned if you do, damned if you do, if, if you don't situation. Crazy. It is indeed. <laughs> yes. All right, my friends, uh, this has been. The uh, Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks podcast for CBD. It's JJ Sefton. Once again, thank you all so much for your contributions to the tip jar. It helps more than you know to keep us going, and uh, we really do appreciate it. And uh, for CBD, it's me, and I'll uh, have a great weekend, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening, folks. 